0: And wherever else you, you live, hey! If you're a first time guest, welcome this morning. If you're watching online, glad you're here. How y'all feeling this morning? Well, you sounded good during worship. You look good. Most of you smell good, so that's talking to you, Tony. Um, no, I'm really I'm really glad to be here. You know, there's so many things that we could be doing on a Sunday morning. You know, some some of y'all come in uh you work late on a saturday night and you come in on sunday morning and and i mean it's just awesome just to see you guys value relationship and family and god and putting on that first we've been in a series about prayer and we're going to keep going through that this morning uh if you have your bibles you can open them up to acts chapter one is where we're going to be at uh real quick though you don't have to raise your hand or anything just i'm gonna throw a question out there but how many of you maybe just nod your head you're in a place right now where you're just seeking wisdom from the Lord you're going through something you're like I I really need I need something from God I need I need the next step because right now everything's a blur Um, a lot of us have these seasons in life where we're, we're in those phases where it's like I don't know what the next step is but I need God to do something right now because I'm really confused I don't know where I'm going what I'm doing I'm I've been making some dumb decisions or i've been making really good decisions but the next decision doesn't make any sense to me i just need help i need wisdom i don't know what to do we're gonna look at a, a section of scripture this morning where the disciples early church is forming and they have to go to god to seek wisdom and, and so we're gonna look at that story jesus ascends to heaven and uh he he uh, i'm sorry he resurrects he spent some time with the disciples and he ascends to heaven acts chapter one the very first part recounts this the story a little bit they talk about that and then after that after he rose he went to the um i went back to heaven the disciples returned to jerusalem and they're joined other believers and that's where we're going to start today so in verse 12 of acts chapter 1 excuse me it says this then the apostles returned to jerusalem from the mount of olives a place uh, a distance excuse me of a half a mile when they arrived they went to the upstairs room of the house they were staying here are the names of those who were present Peter, John, James, Andrew, Philip, Thomas, Bartholomew, Matthew, great name, James son of Alphaeus, Simon the zealot, and Judas the son of James they all met together and were constantly united in prayer along with Mary the mother of Jesus several other women and the brothers of Jesus we're gonna stop there for just a second Matthew does mean gift from God whoever laughed at that I mean hello There's a phrase I want to highlight, though. It's uh, some translations say in one accord, uh, constantly united. That's a Greek singular word that stands for just that one mind, unanimous, having mutual consent. The, The disciples came together with one mind and one purpose. There are too many churches that are meeting right now that have a ton of people with their own minds and their own purposes And they're trying to come together in the name of unity, but they won't get on the same page. Because, well, I like it this way, or I think it should be done that way. And we have all these competitions happening within the church. People talk about competition between pastors. It happens between church people, and it's crazy. It shouldn't happen between church people or pastors, but it does happen because we're not constantly united with one mind and one purpose. We have a bunch of people that have their own islands, and they say, I want to build my kingdom and have my way in the front. I deserve this position. I deserve this ministry. I deserve this whatever. Because the Lord spoke to me. Listen. God's not going to be a God of chaos and disorder. Alright. God appoints people. And those people should be following Jesus. And if they're not. There's things that can be done to take care of that. And the Lord does his thing in that in that way. But here's what I know. Is that when we follow Jesus. The example of our leaders. Our leaders are following the example of Jesus. We're all working together. Preferences sometimes fall to the wayside. And what gets glorified is God's kingdom. And sometimes we ask for wisdom in the midst of chaos. And sometimes we're the problem with chaos. Yeah, y'all quiet this morning. It's all good. Sometimes we're the problem. It's not the circumstance. It's not the situation. It's not the pastor. It's not the Sunday school teacher. It's just you or I. Because what happens is we take our eyes off Jesus and we get focused on ourselves and what our talents are and who we are as people. I mean, look at all these names. We have all these people together, all different talents, all different skills. But they came together and said, no, we have one purpose today. Jesus gave us a command and we're here to follow that command. Don't think for a minute these human beings here in this story... These aren't just felt board characters from Sunday school. These are people. Don't think for a minute they weren't tempted to say, well, you know, I really think I'm the most educated. So I should probably be the one to decide what we're going to do next. Don't think that stuff didn't cross people's minds. Or Matthew, you were the tax collector, bro. You were like the cheater of all cheaters, okay? Stealing people's money. You just sit in the corner. We'll tell you when it's time for you to vote. That kind of stuff could have happened. And that, that kind of stuff happens in the church all the time where we think that we're better than somebody else because of our education or whatever it is. We're struggling to have one mind, one accord. There's pastors who are struggling to lead their people because their people care more about their name or their status than they do about what God's doing in their communities, in their neighborhoods. And it's terrible. Churches are falling apart because they don't understand the power of honor and unity and being of one mind and one purpose. All right, I'll shut up. I'll keep going. Let's go. Here we go. So it's constantly united, it, uh, one mind, one purpose. Uh, Mike, can you turn on the keyboard here for a second? I want to give you an illustration of this, how it works together. I was a trained classical pianist. So we have C. We have E. We have G. They're all notes, but they all are different, Right? But together, they make a really pretty chord, the chord of C. So in the church, we have all these different people who are different, and it's great. And you can do a lot of cool things and great things by yourself. But there's so much more power that comes together when we come together in unity. and We make this beautiful chord. It's a harmony that happens. And the church works in harmony with the Holy Spirit who's doing something great in his people. And those who are lost, he's trying to compel them to come into the family. So I want you to think about that. When I, when I say one mind, one accord, think about an actual musical note. That, yeah, we can all make a noise by ourselves. But when we come together and we're unified, something different happens. Okay. So what they're praying for, we don't really know, but context clues will give us an idea of what's happening here. They're asking God for wisdom. Why? Because Judas, the other Judas, is no longer with us. If you have weak stomachs, plug your ears. Verse 15. During this time, when about 120 believers were together in one place, Peter stood up and addressed them. Brothers, he said, the scriptures had to be fulfilled concerning Judas who guided guided those who arrested Jesus. This was predicted long ago by the Holy Spirit speaking through King David. This is the part that gets kind of nasty. Judas was one of us and shared in the ministry with us. In verse 18 says Judas had bought a field with the money he received for his treachery. Now, he committed suicide. He hung himself and the rope. Is cut or falls, but it says falling head first there, his body split open, spilling out all his intestines. Nice. The news of his death spread to all the people of Jerusalem, and they gave the place the Aramaic name Al or Alkadema, which means field of blood. So Peter continued, This book was uh this was written in the book of Psalms, where it says, Let his home become desolate with no one living in it. It also says, Let someone else take his position. So now we must choose a replacement for Judas. From among the men who were here with us the entire time we were traveling with the Lord Jesus. From the time he was baptized by John until the day he was taken from us. Whoever is chosen will join us as a witness of Jesus' resurrection. So they nominated two men. Joseph, called Barsabbas, also known as Justice, and Mattathias. Great name. Then they all prayed, O Lord, you know every heart. Show us which of these men you have chosen as an apostle to replace Judas in this ministry for he has deserted us and gone where he belongs. Then they cast lots, which is almost like flipping a coin and Mattathias was selected to become an apostle with the other eleven. Also just a note that doesn't really mean anything for the sermon, but um, John, you might be able to correct me on this. After this moment, Holy Spirit falls a little bit later on the apostles, but I don't believe there's ever another mention of in, among believers of casting lots um after holy spirit came just an interesting thought there okay so all right so all that's to say that judas dies nasty scene they they said we need to replace him and they find some men and so they're, they're praying to god asking god to give us wisdom of who needs to be the next person to replace judas pretty big decision because they're building the church they're going out and they're, they're spreading the gospel message and they're asking God for wisdom. Some of you right now are, are, are struggling with the next step for you. Like, what's going to be the next thing for me? And if you haven't gone to God yet, you're missing the first step in finding wisdom. The, the word says that every good and perfect thing comes from God. And so if we believe that and we believe that our next step, whatever that good next step is for us, because I believe our hardest decisions are not between good and bad, but between what's good and what's best. And the only way to know that is by being in tune with the Holy Spirit. And following his direction and having discernment there so knowing all that if we don't go to god first how can we know what the next best thing is for us to do they had two guys who were really qualified guys but they still prayed first it says they when they sucked them in they all prayed they all came together what i love about discipleship and disciple making is that we're not doing life alone In our struggles, in our decision-making, we don't have to do it by ourselves. We get to include people in our life to say, hey, look, this is what I'm looking at. This is what I'm facing. And guess what you can do together? You can pray. There's power in prayer. The Word says that the prayers of the righteous are powerful and effective. Something can happen. Something can change. We We can get that wisdom or that discernment we need to make that best decision and not just settle with a good one. I really get the best decision, the one that God is saying, hey, this is what I want for you, this is what I have for you. A long time ago, say a long time ago, I sound old when I say that, many, many years ago, uh, before smartphones, well, before I was using smartphones like I do now, before there were smartphones or are, are like they are now, um, if we had to go somewhere, you had to use a map, now, some of y'all in your glove box didn't have gloves. You had the big old map, you know, and you're, like, drawing stuff on it. Late 90s, I think, a thing called MapQuest was invented on the World Wide Web. And what was so cool about MapQuest is that you put in the destination you want, and it gives you step-by-step of what to do. I went to Baton Rouge one time, never been to Baton Rouge. A friend of mine said, hey, let's go watch a concert. So let's do it. So we get on MapQuest, and then i don't know why we did this but we had we taped all the we had to print out like 16 pages it felt like and we're taping them all together had them on the dash i was like where are you turning turn right here at this road and i'm like what road you know it was like my personal siri before i had siri but MapQuest is a really good illustration of how god works this is the destination i want to end up at lord This is what I feel like is good for my life, but you know what? I'm going to put this in, Lord, but I'm going to let you direct my steps in my my next move because if not, I'm probably going to end up somewhere I don't belong. We got a tom-tom one time for a Christmas present or wedding gift. I don't know what it was. Remember that? When you turn it on? If you're not using the right map, you end up in the wrong place. We put in a destination in downtown Austin trying to find a sonic. I've told you the story before. And it's Tom Tom. He beats his Tom, his Tom drums or whatever. And, and he says, you've arrived and we're in the middle of an intersection. There's no sonic around anywhere. You could be heading in what you think is the right place with the wrong map and end up in the wrong place. If you're not following God... If you're not going into his word, if you're not spending time and communicating with him and having this prayer life, you're going to end up at the wrong place. And you're going to look around and say, I don't know why I'm here or how I got here. It's so important that we stay connected to the Father. And here's what I want you to know. I've got people that I know personally that struggle with the idea of, does God really hear our prayers? Because bad stuff is still happening. As if God lives in this little lamp that we can rub, and he comes out and grants wishes for us. Hey, um, uh, Barsabbas, Justice, he didn't get picked. Did he miss God's calling by being a qualified person? What's funny about his story is he's the guy that didn't get chosen and replaced. And I'm sure there was some hurt there, but you know what? What? I, I, Knowing the character of these guys and the guys that they nominated to, to replace Judas, I bet he's a praying guy. I said, man, I thought it was going to turn out differently, Lord. What do I do next? And you know what's so cool about God? He always responds. And I'm sure old Justice got the next step that he needed. And he continued to serve and be a man of God that, that is respectable and faithful and trustworthy. How many times have you wanted something in this position or this title or this thing that you were seeking after and you didn't get it and someone else did? And you're like, why? And you get bitter and mad and you walk away saying, this I knew. See, these people are just, they're not listening to the Holy Spirit. I've heard that in church a long time. Instead of saying, you know what? That's what God wants. That's what God's going to get. God, what's my next step? We keep serving. We keep praying. We keep loving. Who cares if anybody sees it? Who cares if you get the praise, the honor, the glory? Sometimes we get so caught up in the wrong thing, we're asking God for wisdom. He's like, hey, I just want you just to be still for a moment. I want you to know me at this intimate level, and you're, you're chasing the wrong thing. You're asking for wisdom. I've been trying to talk to you, and you're you're using the wrong map. You're going the wrong way. And I'm throwing road signs in front of you. Stop, turn around, wrong way. And you just keep going past it because you know what's best. Too many church leaders are like that. Bunch of Pharisees. Look holy. But they got their own mind and their own purpose which is why I refuse to grow my beard out long so I don't look like Caiaphas right? <laughs> now nah, I'm kidding God hears our prayers God's always listening I read um, John Ortberg he's an incredible author and I think he's I don't know what church he's with but he talks a lot about spiritual disciplines but he made a statement in one of his books called The Life You've Always Wanted where he says that the future belongs to intercessors. That when God's people come together with one mind, one purpose, and they're praying that, the, that, that what happens is atmospheres are changing, situations are changing, people are changing because God's people are in line with God, they're in tune with God, they're talking about what God wants, what he's doing. If you can simplify discipleship in two questions, it would be this. What is Jesus saying? And what are you doing about it? So, when, so the, the future belongs to the intercessors. But Jesus is, is, is literally interceding for us right now at the throne. But God is always listening to our prayers. It brought me to a, a verse in Revelation. I'm going to close out with this. Revelation chapter 8 says, When the Lamb broke the seventh seal on the scroll, there was silence throughout heaven for about half an hour. I've read this a hundred times. And for whatever reason, that silence in heaven really stood out to me. That when that seal was broken for about a half hour, short time period, there is silence in heaven. Because everything else is going on is worship, right? And, and praise and glory to God, there's silence in heaven. He says, I saw seven, the seven angels who stand before God, and they were given seven trumpets. Then another angel with a gold incense burner came and stood at the altar. And a great amount of incense was given to him to mix with the prayers of God's people as an offering on the gold altar before the throne. The smoke of the incense mixed with the prayers of God's holy people ascended up to God from the altar where the angel had poured them out. Then the angel filled the incense burner with fire from the altar and threw it down upon the earth. And thunder crashed, lightning flashed, and there was a terrible earthquake. What a cool picture of how our prayers are heard in heaven. This incense is burning and there's silence and God's smelling and seeing and experiencing these prayers and hearing these prayers. Listen, God's always listening to you. Don't think that because of whatever situation you're in that for some other, some reason God's like, oh, I'm too busy for your prayer. Your situation's not important enough. That's just not how God operates. God cares about your prayer so much so that in Revelation we see, this is right before the tribulation starts, um, but we see that, Heaven is silent so God can hear those prayers. God cares about you. He wants to do life with you. He doesn't care how small your problem may seem to everybody else. He wants you to talk to him about it. Or how insignificant you think your 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 victory is. The little promotion at work where you think if you say something, people are going to think you're being boastful and rude. God wants to celebrate with you. He's glad you're being a good employee and doing hard work and and honoring your employer. God cares about that. Or maybe it was that you just got your kid to go to sleep all night for the first time. Talk to God about that and celebrate that with the Lord. Or maybe it's you don't tell anybody that you sit up at night and you cry yourself to sleep because you feel like you're all alone. God's there with you, and he wants to talk to you about it. He hears every single one of those prayers. And when God's people come together, we're two or more gathered, right? The Lord's moving. He's listening. And here's what I know is he's always speaking to. So I'm going to close out with these questions again. What's the Lord speaking to you about? And what are you doing with it? What are you going to do about it? What are you going to do different this year than you did last year? How's your prayer life going to be different? Heaven's silent when the prayers of God's people go up. You can't just expect that kind of relationship to happen just for an hour on a Sunday. it has got to be more than that. Some of you are really needing some wisdom right now. Talk to the Lord about it. Find some people you trust in the, in, in the body of Christ. Talk to them about it. Let them pray with you and confidence that that God is gonna do something. He's gonna give you what you need for this next season of your life. Y'all good? The Lord loves you. He's listening. How are you gonna respond to what he's saying? Will you stand this morning? I'm gonna pray over you. We're gonna close out. Don't forget if you're if you signed up for a partnership class, just hang out. We're gonna set up some tables. We got some lunch for you and all of that. Just hang out. If you're not with Partnership, we love you. I'm going to pray and you can leave and hug each other And as long as you're not sick, please. (laughs) But Lord, we, we just thank you so much, God, for who you are. God, I thank you that you are a good God and that you want good for your kids. I thank you, Lord, that when we pray and we talk to you, Lord, that you hear every single one of those things and you care about every aspect of our lives. So, I pray, Father, that God, that we are people who are prayer warriors, intercessors who are constantly, without ceasing, talking to you about what is going on in our lives and the lives of those around us. And we're we're responding to what you're saying back to us. We're doing something with it. Thank you for your word. Thank you for Jesus. And Lord, I pray if there's someone here who doesn't know Jesus as their Lord and Savior, that they'll just say yes right now. They'll say yes to him because it's the most important decision we can ever make in our life. And I pray that there's someone here who doesn't feel like they're important or valuable or needed, God, that your Holy Spirit will wrap around them and let them feel that love in a real tangible way, Father. Thank you, Lord, for your grace, your mercy, your love. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We love you guys. Go and sin no more. If you're here for a partnership, hang out. Otherwise, we'll see you next week. God bless you.